Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The voice of the St. Louis Blues is Chris Kerber. He joins us now in the Blues booth on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN with Character and Smallman. Good morning, sir. How are you? Guys, I'm doing great. How are you today? Good. Hope your Father's Day was good. If, uh, you know what? It's always good. It's just, uh, just a fun day just to do whatever the kids want to do. I love it. Curves, I think your Father's Day tweet may have been my favorite. Those photos you shared were awesome. But what was it like for you to have your day with the Cup and have not only your dad there, but your children there as well? You know what? It was, Michelle, it was, it was as special as, uh, you know, as, as anybody would imagine, uh, be able to share with my family. I got a big family. I got eight brothers and sisters. So to have all them there, and I had friends come in from out of town, even, you know, even just for what wound up being just uh, – you know, a three or four hour window with it. And, and it was special. And then we, uh, we bounced down to Joey B's right here in Manchester near the house. Cause it was close. And, and uh, you know, the kids were able to invite some of their friends and, and had a, and, and the, the cool part for me to be honest with you is when you, you see other people's social media posts or um, you know, calendars they put up or, you know, like I was over at a friend's house and, you know, one of the graduation pictures for their, their senior, it was him standing next to the cup. And to me, that was the cool part is being able to make sure as many people that you could possibly get around it got around it, and, and it was awesome. That, that was great, and it's amazing how that championship still resonates, and maybe because we've won so much in baseball, baseball championships don't have the same effect, but looking around during this week leading up to Father's Day, there's still a lot of Blues Stanley Cup championship memorabilia and paraphernalia in stores. Well, I mean, a few things. It, 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 first off, it was the first one. It was long awaited, as we all know. So, you know, I, I think you had to put that that in into perspective. You know, I think, you know, I, I think the 1982 World Series championship for the Cardinals, uh, you know, and it might have just been because you know I was 11 years old, but felt larger than the 2011 one, and it did just because there was even that much longer of a time period, you know, between when the Cardinals had had success, right? So I, I think that I think that just the fact, Randy, that it was the first one is a big part of that. Um, the fact that it's still very recent, obviously, is, is another big part of it. But what, what makes the Stanley Cup championship linger is also the fact that that cup gets around. You know, like, like you, you just there was, OK, what is the once once the, the team won it? It became what about the cup? I mean, it became the story of the cup. You're following it to Sweden, and Oscar Sunk was landing it, you know, at a helipad. You're following it to Moscow, Russia, for Ivan Barbashev, Yaroslavl for for um, Vladimir Tarasenko. Uh, you know, you're following it up to to Canada in St. Louis with Pat Maroon, and 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 in that celebration, 
goes more than just the parade where things seem to calm down and, you know, and, and you know, the World Series trophies just kind of put where it's put. Uh, and it might make a couple of appearances, but it, but it's nothing like what it is. And somehow hockey and organically when they started this, uh, the, you know, the tradition of players being able to take the cup for a day, uh, they they ended up with one of the greatest things in sports where once a team wins it in that city, that whole summer becomes about the cup itself mm-hmm. and, and keeps that celebration going, which is really awesome. It really is. And Curbs, as you're recounting that, I'm just thinking how grateful I am that the Blues got it done last year because imagine how different those traditions are going to be now because of COVID. Well, yeah, although I still think they're, they're going to say, hey, come lift the cup, uh, but you can't kiss it. And someone's going to go, yeah, right. <laughs> and, and I, you know, like you're Jay Bowmeister, uh, you've, you've, like, imagine this. You've gone through a quarantine. If you were Jay Bowmeister and you get a chance to lift that cup and you realize it may be the only chance you get, uh, You've now played through this. You haven't, you know, uh, contracted COVID. You're, you might kiss that dang thing and say to hell with it, you know, ask for forgiveness later. So yeah. I'm uh, hey, we'll Layla did, right? see how that goes. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, even Layla did at, at that point. So, uh, you know, the, the other thing, guys, is the coolest part is you're not going into the restart here going, is this the year, right? You're going into the restart going, is this the year we repeat? And there's a huge difference in feeling, mental approach, and attitude when, as a fan when you look at it like that. Absolutely. And, Curbs, we got the news on Friday that 11 of the 200 players tested since training facilities were allowed to open did test positive for COVID. Do you think that puts the return at risk at all? Uh, well, yes and no. I mean, it, it, I think when the players end up in the bubble at camp, I think the restrictions are going to be that much more. Um, but look, I think anybody would be fooling themselves in any one of the sports. We don't even have to focus on hockey on this one, Michelle. You'd be foolish to think that every plan you're putting is, isn't at risk because of COVID, you know, and, and it's not just COVID it's the public relations side of COVID too. I mean, and and don't underestimate the power of that, you know, because the sports is going to be under a microscope more than any other business that has opened up. And I, uh, so the real challenge in this, and you guys, you guys saw what happened late last week with Nick Watney, right? Mm-hmm. The, the real challenge in this to me is how compliant are the participants going to be? And I'm, when I say participants, I'm not just talking the, 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 the athletes, all right? You I mean, for example, in the National Hockey League, they're going to be able to bring 50 people with inside that bubble per team. Well, if you're only bringing 31 players, when you're talking coaches, trainers, hockey ops staff, whoever may be doing, you're looking at another 19 people. How compliant are all these people going to be? And they're going to have to be really compliant. You're going to have to treat it like the lockdown. You're going to have to treat it like the quarantine. And then you're going to have to have guys. And what I loved about what happened with Nick Watney was, I mean, it, that was pure golf, wasn't it? He probably could have played that day and just said, ah, you know what? I don't, I feel okay, but. But, you know, he looked at that whoop band on his arm, according to the report, you know, saw some elevated levels, and he thought, ah, you know, it, could this be it? And he got tested. Sure enough, he had it. And this is only a few days after he tested negative, right? So uh, the, the, not only the, the compliance, but the self-awareness and selflessness to make sure that if you do. And so what all these players are going to have to do is all these players every single day, once, if, if, they're, if they're skating now or when they skate or if they come in and skate come training camp, 
All these players are going to have to go on an app and answer a couple of health questions. They don't answer those things honestly and say, ah, you know what, maybe this is just a cold or something like that, you know, and I'm not going to bring it up. There's a chance that you could spread this quickly throughout everybody. So it's reliant on a lot of compliance, selflessness, and honesty of all the participants involved. And that, to me, is going to be as big a challenge as anything. Finally, Chris Kerber, you have a tweet up uh, with a video of many Ken Griffey Jr. home runs showing his swing. And as you note, I don't know if there's a sweeter swing in the history of the game. Isn't it interesting that nobody thinks the prettiest swing in the history of the game was right-handed? Whether it's Will Clark or Ted Williams or Ken Griffey Jr., nobody, people think those are. Nobody thinks that a right-handed hitter has the prettiest swing. As uh, as somebody that plays sports left-handed, uh, I think that's completely fair. <laughs> Michelle is that way too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what? I think because, be and and it's got to be because it just doesn't look normal for most people, since most people are right-handed, right? But but you know what? It, it's a fair point. Some people reply to that. So I just think it like I started thinking like this: if there was if there was one. If there was a ball player that in my time I could watch play again in in his prime um, and think about how, I mean, the Cardinals of the 80s and, and all the others, like I, I think some if I, if I had the chance to go watch a player play in a doubleheader, uh, I, I want it to be Ken Griffey Jr. I just want to watch him run that outfield as graceful as he did. play the, I mean, he was, he was a complete a five-tool player as the game's ever seen, and, and, and I loved watching him play. So, I, man, that, that – that, there might be some swings that people love just as much, but I don't know if there's a sweeter looking swing than that one. It was the best. Curbs, always good to talk to you, sir. Thank you very much. Guys, have a great week. We'll talk to you during the week. You bet. See you later. That's our friend Chris Kerber, the voice of the Blues, in the Blues booth on 101 ESPN.